This is one-on-one's NHL podcast, where we take on the five hottest issues in hockey with three of our NHL beat reporters. It's time to go five on three. Welcome back. Another week of five on three. WFUV's hockey podcast. Episode number two for the 2017-2018 NHL season. And this is our official season preview show. It's Raphael Lee alongside Matt Murphy and Matt Costantini. Guys, this is the week. The NHL season is going to get underway this week. And we have to give our our season preview, if you will. Uh, our divisional, who's going to be the teams to watch in the division and who's going to bottom out the division, who's going to be our Calder heart and... You know, we're gonna do. We're gonna cover the major awards before you. Uh, before I jump in, well, actually, I'm gonna jump in now. But I want to say, you just said Calder Hart, the two trophies back to back. That'd be a great name for a hockey player. I might name my son Calder Hart Murphy. There we go. It's done. <laughs> but it's opening week, and what better way to kick it off around this area than Rangers Avalanche on Thursday night? We were just talking about that before the show. That could be an ugly game, Matt. Yeah, and then the Devils followed it up with a 2 p.m. start time on Saturday against the Avalanche. So. I'm just excited for this to finally get started. Preseason was such a tease, and and now we're now it's go time. And obviously, our thoughts here at FUV and at Five on Three with the, with the victims uh, in Las Vegas, because I mean that's our our new hockey team coming to that town, and uh, they're dealing with something that we didn't think they'd have to deal with uh, this week. So our thoughts, obviously, and prayers with them. Uh, but let's start out here in the Met because, well. We have our three local teams right here, the Metropolitan Division, the New York Rangers, Islanders, Devils. I have them all stacked on my list. They're not going to be stacked this season, I don't think. But let, let's go. Let's get right back, right into it. We gave kind of a general overview of where we think those teams are going to finish, but let's let's kind of delve into where they're going to finish in in relation to the other teams. We were talking about it before we went on air how the uh, how we're not all that high on the Penguins. Yeah, I mean, I think we have to preface this discussion by saying I'm pretty sure in episode one we all picked the Washington Capitals to win their third straight President's Trophy, so I don't know if we all feel comfortable locking them into the number one spot. I know right now, just over the course of the past week, I don't feel comfortable leaving them in that top spot because they did lose a couple of key pieces, including a defenseman that we forgot to talk about, Carl Alsner, no longer with the Capitals. But the Penguins, yeah, we were saying we're not confident in them partially because they lost... Mark andre Fleury to the that new Vegas team. And I think that's going to be a big storyline this year because they're going to need to rely on Matt Murray. And he's had injuries in the past. He's young. You don't know what kind of consistent season you're going to get from Matt Murray. And that's a big thing with the Penguins. Yeah, you talk about losing Mark andre Fleury. And that was a really big piece for the Penguins last year because giving the reins to the rookie Matt Murray last year was a really big step for them as they were looking to make it to their second consecutive Stanley Cup. And he was always their safety blanket. In case anything went wrong with Murray, you could always turn back to a very, very dependable Marc-Andre Fleury. And now this year, not having him, and you're going with, I believe it's Antti Niemi now as their backup, who hasn't had that stellar of a career, you don't have that safety blanket anymore, and that might cause some issues there. Well, the Penguins notoriously are just a streaky team. They hit these really, really hot streaks, and then they go on a streak where you just don't think that this is a playoff team and they've done that consistently within these last two or three years last two or three seasons and this season I don't see them being able to rebound to bounce back from from a slide 
I think they've had that before. They've had Flurry as a fallback. I think he's a steady, you call him like a wall in the back, just because if you're in a slide, you could turn you could turn things around at goal keep. You always see that. That's kind of that's kind of a team mentality change, honestly. When it when you put in your backup keeper just to for a couple games, kind of get your your normal keeper as a rest. And I don't think they have that. And I think that's more important than people realize. Also, I just. I just can't see them being as consistent as they have been these last two years because I don't think they're a consistent team. I don't think they've been consistent these last two seasons. They've just been consistently getting to the same points. So I don't think they're going to be at the top of the Metropolitan Division. I think they're a 4-5 think at most. I think consistency is a big thing because playing with Crosby, you got young guys like Sheary and Gensel. I mean, we saw what Gensel can do in their Stanley Cup run last year, and he had a good season overall, but... Like Murray, is he going to be a young guy that can replicate that again this season? And then defensively, pretty good. I mean, Mata and Latang is a good pairing. We'll see how Latang does this year coming back. And apparently he worked out in the, the offseason with Terrell Owens, the former great NFL receiver. I don't really know how that's going to translate to the ice, but hopefully he doesn't bring any of the off-the-field or ice, in this case, antics with him to the Penguins. Overall, I think they'll be solid, but I think we want to talk about Columbus, right? Because they're a very solid young team in this division that had success last year and if I could go back in time to one week ago, I'd not pick them to win the President's Trophy, but I definitely wouldn't pick the Capitals to win the President's Trophy because I think Columbus could win this Metropolitan Division. Part of me has some questions about this Blue Jackets team. They kind of came out of nowhere last year and really surprised a lot of people with the season they were able to put up. They have this really good young trio of Alexander Wenberg, Cam Atkinson, and Zach Renske, who just burst into the scene, put up some amazing point totals, and really led this team. And, of course, they're led by last year's Vesna-winning trophy winner, um, Sergei Bobrovsky, who is just a fantastic goalie and really carries this team. But you got to look to see if there's going to be some kind of regression this year. And I personally think it could happen, but... Well, even if they regress, I mean, that top line now has Artemi Panarin over from uh, Chicago. So I think Cam Atkinson and Wenberg, who had career-type seasons, can really— I mean, Panarin is just a guy that gets the offense going. We saw that with Patrick Kane in Chicago. So that should be a good boost for them. But their depth forwards really need to kind of show out if they are going to make a huge jump and win the division. Well, I mentioned it last episode that I thought that that trade to get Panarin in— was probably the biggest splash that any team made because of the season they had last year, and they're obviously going for it this season, trying to build off the success they had, the unexpected success, as you mentioned, Matt. And coming into this season, I don't know that they that their roster shows that they're going to regress. I think that the Penguins roster shows that they're that they are capable of regression. I don't think their actual lineups, their actual lines, show that they're going to regress. They gave up Brandon Saad to get to Panner, and I don't think that's a huge loss to get there, but it is a loss in the back line. I, I don't think that there's enough loss there to get to a uh, to a regression. I just want to say I love the top defensive pair of a guy that Matt mentioned, Zach Wierenski, with Seth Jones. That is a young top unit that has a lot of talent. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any type of regression. I don't know that they get to the top, though. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have them top two, but I, I, I still... I still think the Capitals are are well equipped, and they just they have they have spots filled. There's no glaring weakness, even with what they've lost. I think they were always de- they always had depth. So uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not counting out the fact that I think Columbus could be the top in the Metropolitan. 
but I wouldn't be I wouldn't put all my eggs in their basket, let's say. I just don't really see that much improvement from last year's team to this year's team. I really saw the Panarin for Saad trade as kind of a lateral move for both teams. I feel like they both do the same kind of things well. I think Panarin's a, a bit more of a playmaker. But, I mean, I, I kind of agree. I think that it's a good trade for both sides. I think Saad back with Chicago is going to continue to have a good season like he had there. I think it's just the right scenery for both of them now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a lot less lateral than you do, um, Matt. I, I think that the play – I think playmaking ability is where this league is is – already moved not moving I think it's where it's already moved because you have skilled players on every aspect of the ice uh you have playmakers all around the league it's the play it's the playmakers that stand out that make their teams that much better that push them to that to that level what about the what about the local teams we mentioned them last last week but where do we see them are they going to be the ones at the top are they going to bottom out the division devils last year bottom out and the rangers kind of uh took the top where do we see that kind of sandwich making the, this time? Yeah, you talk about the local teams. You we talked about it last week. Could this be the last year for the Rangers? Is this their last year of that championship window? It's very possible because last year Henrik Lundqvist didn't really look like Henrik Lundqvist, and you got to wonder if that's going to show even more this season. You look at the Islanders, and you don't really know what they're going to bring you this year. you're not sure what you're doing with your captain, uh, John Tavares, whether he's even going to be on your team the whole season or not. And that will play a really big factor into where they finish. And then you look at the Devils. They had a great preseason, yes, but cautious (laughs) cautious optimism. But I'm not sure if they really have enough. And how much longer do they really have with Corey Schneider being an elite goalie? Well, I think you could say the same thing about what you were saying with the Rangers, with the Capitals. I mean, is their window closed? And we still like the Capitals this year. I, I, Braden Holtby, obviously a younger goalie than Henrik Lundqvist, so that could be a reason why people are much higher on the Capitals. But I, I hinted at this last week. I think these teams could finish right around the same area as they finished last year. I think that's a, a safe bet. And particularly with the Devils, I think that they're going to bring up the rear in the Metropolitan again this year just because I think the Hurricanes and the Flyers – are very young and good as well, and I think they're just one season ahead of where the Devils are at in their rebuild right now. I, I, I agree that I think the Metropolitan Division has advanced from where it was last season, but they've all, all the teams, I feel like, have advanced the exact same. So they're all going to move up, and it's going to lead to the exact same thing that we had last season because this Devils team, I think, has some odd, some eight-odd uh, first-round picks on, on as forwards on their team right now. That's... That's good for any team, no matter who you are. They picked up Marcus Johansson. But along that same line, the Islanders got better from last season. Along that same line, the Rangers got better from last season. I think that they sandwich in the same exact tiering. I think it's Rangers, Islanders, Devils. I don't think the Devils bottom out. I think that... Don't put them over the Flyers or else I'm going to walk off the podcast <laughs> right now. Um, I'm going to put them over the Flyers, honestly. Um, yeah. Carolina, Strongly disagree. Strongly Carolina disagree. advanced, uh, I think, a lot more, and I still don't see how strong they can be. But I'm st- I am still think the weakest team in the Metropolitan is the Flyers. I'm actually higher on Carolina than I think a lot of people are this year. I think they're a very, very good young team. They have guys in Sebastian Ajo and Toivu Teravainen who are really looking to prove something this year, both really young and 
they just need to show that they're worthy of all the hype they deserve. And I'm a really big Jeff Skinner guy. I don't. He's, you don't hear that very much. <laughs> no, but he's really underrated. He put up 63 points last year, and he's looking to build on an impressive season and just get better. Well, with the Flyers, real quick before we move on divisions, I just think people underestimate Claude Giroux bouncing back this year. Wayne Simmons was an all-star last year. Jacob Voracek can really score the puck. I think that big three of Voracek, Giroux, and Simmons, although they don't always play on the same line, and Simmons will probably play with Nolan Patrick, the second overall pick mm-hmm. on the second line, I just think that's bigger than anything the Devils have to offer in terms of skill players. I know they have Taylor Hall, but you don't know what you're going to get from Heeshear and uh, Johansson on the new team. So I just think the Flyers' elite players are a little bit better. All right, let's move on to the Atlantic because we spent a lot of time on the Metropolitan, so now we're going to have to condense the others. But that we are a New York podcast. We have the three local teams there. That's important to spend time on. Let's move to the Atlantic where we have uh, – an interesting mix, to say the least, with the Canadians, the Senators, um, and then you have, obviously, a drop-off, some might say, when you get to the Sabres and the uh, maybe the Panthers, but I, I'm not convinced that the Panthers are going to be as bad as they've been in the past. But what do, what are you guys, what are your initial thoughts on the Atlantic? I mean, let me take a look at what I had here. Just looking at the division right now, I think I like the Maple Leafs hype a lot. I think Austin Matthews is obviously unbelievable. Marner and Nylander, both great young players. Signing Patrick Marleau. Yeah, and a veteran presence for a team that pushed the Capitals to the brink last year in the playoffs. Would they go six games in that series? So this this Maple Leafs team, I, I'm buying into the hype so much so that I could, I, I'm going to pick them to win the Atlantic division. I do like Carey Price to bounce back with Shea Weber in front of him and mm-hmm. at full health in Montreal. I think it's going to be Toronto and Montreal at the top. I think some of the other teams, like like the Bruins, regressed this offseason. I think this is arguably the best division in all of hockey. You got teams that made the playoff last year in Montreal, Toronto, Boston, and Ottawa. And that was with uh, Tampa Bay missing out, and that was without Steven Stamkos basically the entirety of the year. But now with Tampa Bay getting Stamkos back, that is so big for them because he's going to be looking to put up huge numbers and just be the guy everyone knows he is. And you're looking at them pushing for a playoff spot and potentially moving one of those other teams that made the playoffs out. And it's no discredit to any of them. It's just how competitive this division really is. The Lightning also got Chris Kunitz on a one-year deal too, which I think is pretty interesting just to just to go off what you were saying. But I, I, I think they're one of the most... Um, flexible, I'll say, in the Atlantic, because I think they could go not near the top, but they could get to where they could maybe get a wild card. They also and I made think they a, could drop off drastically. They also made a big uniform change with their white away jerseys. It's just the bolt now, like yeah, they have no on the blue, Tampa no Bay Tampa Bay, Lightning. and that that looks Huge so fan corny. Of that. that's so that could move. that's an automatic extra couple of wins right there that Absolutely, could bolt them yeah. into the playoffs. And then along that same line, I'm giving the Rangers maybe a couple losses because now they have this stupid uh, red pentagon. It kind of looks like is. the one on your jersey right now that but, you're wearing, but, but it's on their everyday jersey. Exactly, and this one that I have, I'm ha- I have the Reebok one on right now is. It, it's built into the jersey, so like it, there's a collar here. But on the new one, the collar's not there. It's actually sewn shut. Right. So this is this plate that you see on the red is just built into the jersey. It's it's actually kind of weird. And I'm not a huge fan of the Folo look. Um, you know, it, the fake fits, Folo. Looks. Yeah, it fits for a team like Toronto. I feel like when you go to a Toronto Maple Leafs game this year and you see the the fake. 
polo collar yeah. look. It's like, oh, the Maple Leafs should have that, but nope, <laughs> nobody else. Nobody, yeah, just yeah. them. Yeah, it worked for some or teams. Or Montreal, but... Montreal too. And the road jerseys, I think, in general got better. Um, and not got better, but got better than the home jerseys for this one. But back to the Atlantic. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the uh, Canadians topping it with the Maple Leafs hugging them throughout the entire season because I do buy that hype as well. I just think the uh, I mean you you get rid of Markov because he goes overseas. Um, you end up with pretty much the same team as you have the same strong defensive team. Pacioretty, Weber, Jonathan Druin. Druin this year Jonathan is a big Druin pickup. is a big pickup. Galchenyuk on a three year deal. Um, and they got Alsner. We talked about Alsner leaving yeah. the Capitals, so that's a big boost. He's yeah. gonna probably play with Shea Weber, so that's a good first pair. Yeah, I don't think they got to so much better, but I think they got good enough where they're gonna keep the where they keep the division in lock for them. And we talk about teams that might finish near the bottom or should finish near the bottom. I'm looking at the Detroit Red Wings. They just need to accept what's happening to them and just go full on rebuild mode. They're just such an old team anymore. They need to get rid of Johan Franz and Nicholas Cronwall, and as much as they don't want to admit it, they need to cut ties with their captain, Henrik Zetterberg, yeah. because they're just not getting it done anymore. The The old guard is gone. There's no more Pavel Dasuk, and they just need to get younger to compete with today's NHL. Couldn't they compete, though, you think? Because they do have young guys in the mix, too. They're kind of like the bottom of the, the Metro a little bit, at least in terms of like the Flyers with a good mix of veterans and, and rookies or, or younger guys. Like They have Athanasiu and, and Dylan Larkin. I, I kind of agree with what you're saying, though, because those older guys like Zetterberg, they're, they're a little bit too old for the modern NHL. But, yeah, I think that's a good idea to just go full-out rebuild around Larkin and Athanasiu. Yeah, they could compete, I guess, with the Sabres for for bottoming out, but I, I do think that the Red Wings bottom out, uh, Sabres near that, Florida Panthers could very well be near that. They had a better season last season, um, but they lost Yager, who was playing out of his mind for his age. Uh, they, he, they had Keith Yandel from the Rangers last season, which helped them out a lot on defense, and I don't think he's a consistent defender. So... Uh, I think they could be near the bottom as well. Well, they need Ekblad at full health. I, I read something about him. I don't know if he was – was he hurt last year? I don't know. We'll double-check that. But, like, obviously a guy that won the Calder Trophy a couple of years back and is a staunch member of their team and of their of their blue line, that's that's huge. But Yandel, having Yandel there, too, helps their blue line as well. I just think offensively they're going to struggle scoring the puck a little bit. And you talk about Roberto Luongo. Is this going to be his last year? Because – he played very well two seasons ago when they had 103 points. But then last year, they really, really regressed down to 81 points and missing the playoffs. So you got to wonder if the goaltending is what's currently holding them back and what will continue to hold them back going into the future. I like this next division. I like the Central a lot just because there are key teams in there that I think are super interesting. Granted, half of the division is you know bound to miss the playoffs. But... I look at teams like the uh, like the Predators, like the Wild, and like the Jets, and I can't help but be drawn to them. And then I also look at players like Matt Duchesne finding himself on the Avalanche, and then that's kind of an odd mix. But that's my first thought when I look at the Central. You didn't mention the Dallas Stars, though. I, everyone's talking about the Dallas Stars with I, Ben I feel Bishop like, now. I feel like that's more of yeah, that's more of like the top bottom mix. I'm looking. I like these middle these middling okay. teams that succeeded last season and. Don't know if they're going to succeed this season. I know you talked about Dallas last week. Is their defense going to make it such a huge jump that even with this 
first line that's potentially Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan, and now Alexander Radulov. Is that is their defense going to be good enough? I mean, I know you have John Klingberg, but other than that, who do they have on D? Are they going to be good enough to win this division? Yeah, you talk about John Klingberg. He is a super talented offensive defenseman. He can really put the puck in the back of the net, make really good passes on the power play. But we talked about Ben Bishop, and he's what's going to be the the difference maker on this team. Having an elite goaltender is just so important nowadays. You almost can't win without one. And this is the guy that they've really been looking for and will finally put them over the top. You know what's interesting? I'm putting the uh, the Blackhawks, who have been perennial, who have been the perennial division winners, or the perennial favorites to win the, the Central for a long time now. And I'm putting them at borderline three at this point. They could finish second. But I'm putting them at a borderline three because I do like I do like the stars at top Ben Bishop now just to solidify in goal. And I like some other teams in there. I, I think that the uh the Predators run was not a fluke. I think they're just a young team that happened to give us some success last season unexpectedly. But this is the development that they were looking for in the organization, and I think that it's not to be slept on. Don't know how I feel about the Wild. I think that might like have been them. a fluke. But a lot of people like them, so I have to put them up there. So I do think the Blackhawks are kind of falling on the wrong side of where this Central Division is going. I'm really glad that you brought up the Blackhawks because I have a few questions about this team. How... Like what year is it? Because they have Brandon yeah. Saad and Patrick Sharp again? Exactly. <laughs> how much longer does this team really have at the top? It looks like, it looks like the Red Wings, honestly. It, it really does. Personally, I'm not a big Jonathan Taves guy. I really think he's overrated, oh, in my oof, opinion. Oof. I, I think you have to be a Jonathan Taves guy, even if you're a <laughs> Team USA uh, international hockey fan. Jonathan Taves, the way he's such a leader, you kind of have to. Don't like get me him. wrong; he's a fantastic leader, and he's a great player. He's really physical, but he's he's not the kind of guy that will win you a game. He's he doesn't score a lot. He doesn't get a lot of points. So I'm not really. I'm not really big on him. Kane's production could be down with no more Panarin in town. We'll see how how they do. Who's your bottom and top? I feel like we didn't we were kind of vague on that. Avalanche got to be the bottom. Colorado's three of absolutely those. in the bottom. They we talked about it before the show. They need to get rid of Matt Duchesne before they just run his trade value into the ground. Yeah, yeah. So we're going we're going Avalanche, and then uh, are we topping it with the Stars or Murph? Are you going to go top with the Wild? I'm going to top <laughs> it with the Wild, and a lot of that has to do with Devin Dubinick and Net. Not to hint at our award picks, but kind of to hint at our award picks. I like Devin Dubinick a lot this year, and I think Ryan Suter's like the ageless wonder on the blue line. I just he's 33 or 34 or something like that. I just he's not he hasn't regressed yet, although Parisi on offense has regressed a little bit. I'm going to throw St. Louis on the top of that division. Really, I, I I'm. I have a friend from St. Louis that I really want to make upset and I'm say huge... I think they're going to be near the bottom, but they're definitely not. I love Vladimir Tarasenko. I love Colton Pareko. I think he's a yeah. great defenseman. I like. <laughs> I, I I don't like it. You don't I like, like anybody I, I like, on the Blues. I, I like Alex Steen. I think he's he's solid as well. So I'll, I'll jump on board with. I think they. I could think that they could be top four. That's why I'm putting the Blackhawks so low because I feel like there's so much competition toward the top. It's a very top-heavy division when you consider that you have the Avalanche and teams in there that have been written off for the last five years. You know, the Stars, the Avalanche, the Jets, the Wild, the Predators. These are teams that we've looked at for the last five years and bottomed out. It's been a very top-heavy division that now has gotten even more top-heavy just because you have a lot of great teams. That's an odd mix. Go to the Pacific. This is my least favorite division. Um, 
most uninteresting. They they threw in the uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights just to make it look a little shinier. Um, very very uninterested in this division. I think the Coyotes possess a certain air of uh, intrigue, right? You want to see if they could avoid the bottom because of the moves they made in the off season. Can we just move the Coyotes to Seattle already and just get it over with? I know a lot of people who want. I know a lot of Seattle guys who want a team there. You can't hate that much on this division with Connor McDavid in it, though. Yeah, see, again, you put shiny toys in a division to make it look great. Golden Knights, uh, yeah, yeah, you have you have some players in there. You have Connor McDavid. And South you Jersey's have, finest, Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah, you have uh, Pavelski. I, I don't like the division at all. I don't know. <laughs> I think they're, I think there's a good teams in the division. You still have the Ducks, who are a perennial player. They're always team. in the mix, and no matter who is on their roster from they're year to year. They're super undeserving to be in that mix, I think, and that yet they always are. I think that shows what kind of a weak division it is. You still have Ryan Getzlov. He's been he's been middling, and he's he's been borderline middling for the last couple of seasons, and he's still being thought of as one of the best players in this specific in this specific division just because he's an old he's. He's been there, and he's been at the top, and he's not now. I'm with you there. I think that this is their their real last chance to make a cup run because of how up in age Getzlaff and Perry are going. You can see them really slowing down. Perry's not scoring at the same clip he used to, and you just don't know with this team. With the top of the Pacific for me, I think Calgary is going to push Edmonton. I, I like Calgary a lot this year, and especially what they did on the back end. Brought in Mike Smith and Eddie Lack at goalie, and then Travis Hamanick. Yeah, on defense with Hamanick and Brody and Giordano and, and Dougie Hamilton. Those are four top four, like deservingly top four defensemen right there. So I think if they can get enough scoring from Gaudreau and Monahan, and the rest of the guys can chip in a little bit, Calgary could push Edmonton. Even though Edmonton is everyone's offseason darling, or at least one of them. Well, I'm I'm gonna put Edmonton at the top. I think they have too many guys. They they just got Strom too. Remember that from the Islanders? We talked about that. I'm not a Strom they, guy. They got rid of Eberle. I think that that's a downgrade. Yeah, I um, think so. But regardless, they just signed McDavid now to, to a long-term deal. He's going to be the face of the franchise. Um, I, I, I'd be really surprised if anyone in this Pacific division, though, makes any sort of run past the second round. We had the Oilers. We both had the yeah, Oilers. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, all in on the Oilers bandwagon. Yeah, I, win, we had them all winning the Stanley Cup last week, Rob. Or not all of us, but yeah, at least yeah. No, Matt. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm severely unimpressed with this division. I know you guys. I, I know we look at the the Oilers. I think they're good for the Pacific. We'll call it that way. I think one of the more interesting storylines in this specific division is with the San Jose Sharks, and if Brent Burns can really compete for the goal-scoring title at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, every game I cover for FUV, uh, I did Devils two years ago, and now this is maybe my second year covering the Rangers. I feel like I look up, and it's always a game against the Sharks. Like, for whatever reason, I'm always at a game against the San Jose Sharks, and they're always right, right around the mix. I mean, we only cover a certain amount of games each year, and I feel like three-quarters of mine are against the San Jose Sharks. But they're a good team. They lost a couple of veterans in the offseason. We'll see how they do. Let's go back to Matt's kids. Uh, Matt's kid. My kids. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who's, which Matt? Uh, you're, you, you, Murph. Okay. He's got kids. Um, you know, uh, Calder Hart, Murphy. Oh, that's a good name. Uh, we'll, go back to, we'll go back to our, our Calder Hart. And Vezina Trophy winners now. Um, if you didn't hear the beginning of this episode, that's why I call. I, I doubt anyone tunes into a podcast like near the end, but it must have sounded weird if anyone did. Yeah, just because. Yeah, I don't have children, but I said I. It makes it sound like son, your your son is going to be like a Calder Trophy winner. Well, like I just feel like I could see it now, like showing up to the rink at like six a.m. with Calder Hart Murphy <laughs> stud. He's got to be good at hockey, better than me at least. All right, who 
let let's start with the Calder. Let's start with let's start with uh, who's going to be our the NHL rookie to watch. There are three, I think, in main conte- main contention contention contention. You Thank you. I missed an N. And uh, the two guys I'm looking at are obviously Charlie McAvoy and obviously Nico Heischer, just because he's local. Don't like that second one, but yeah, I agree on McAvoy. <laughs> so okay, you you start it then, Murph. Well, I think McAvoy, because apparently there's, I mean, I didn't really know it off the top of my head, but there's a big East Coast bias with the Calder Trophy. I was reading some article that two of the last, thir- only two of the last 13 winners have, have been from a team west of the Mississippi, I think, if I believe I stated that correctly. But if that's the case, a guy that I really like as a sleeper pick was Brock Besser from Vancouver. I think he, uh, University of North Dakota product, could score goals on a really bad offense, but it's hard to win an award when your team stinks and you play out in Vancouver. So I think for that reason, if McAvoy gets a ton of ice time for Boston, that he's going to be the favorite for most of this season for the Calder Trophy, and I'm going to pick McAvoy at this point in time. This shouldn't come as a surprise, but I'm going with Nico Heischer here. Wow. Yeah, real shocker, right? Shocked. The Devils fan goes with Nico Heischer, the top overall pick in the draft. I almost picked Nolan Patrick, so I respect (laughs) it. I just feel like he's going to be given every opportunity to excel. He might play on the first line. He's definitely going to play on the second line. And he's just going to have an opportunity to put up a crazy amount of points with the guys that he's going to play with. And I think that he's just going to show out and really be the best rookie this year. I like Nico Heischer a lot. I like what I've seen from him in the preseason. I like what I saw from him beforehand. I think he's skilled. I think he's talented. I just don't think he's going to get the amount of chances, the amount of ice time that a guy like Charlie McAvoy will get. And McAvoy is going to be competing on a team that's going to be much more competitive than the Devils. So I have to believe that the numbers at the end of the season are going to favor McAvoy, and that's going to push him over. There was an East Coast bias. I I, 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 just I think read about that too. I you're think just going to hear his name a lot more this year. I mean, he plays for an original six team, and I just feel like that's going to make a difference. That that definitely is. He's going to have more highlights. I think he's going to be on the ice a lot. I mean, for exactly. a, a better team. So that's what it comes. I feel down like it's to. hard for a defenseman to win. Well, Ekblad a, that won. Ekblad won a couple years back. It would take. That's why I'm hesitant a little bit about McAvoy because I don't think he's going to put up numbers like Ekblad did when he won. But I just think it might be a weaker year in terms of competition for this award. So. I, I think the visibility is what pushes him over the edge for me. I think he's going to be very visible. Um, let's go Let's go to Vezina now. Um, obviously, it was Bobrovsky we mentioned for last season. Um, he's in that mix again because he's going to be playing for a Columbus team that we think got better, especially toward the, uh, toward the scoring side, which means that he's going to be in a lot of games where he's going to have a little more scoring help. That only makes the goaltender better. Where you guys put him? Is he at your top again? Or I know, I know, Murphy I'm going kind of teased it before. But. I'm going with Dubinick. I think Carey Price is right there, and I know you have a list in front of you on a different site with Bobrovsky. I don't think Bobrovsky will win his third Vezina of his career. I think Dubinick. He's been a finalist before. This could be the year. I, I have been on board with the Wild for some reason uh, through the first two shows, and I might as well keep it consistent and pick Devin Dubinick to win the Vezina. I was really close between Carey Price and my eventual winner, Braden Holpe, from the Capitals. I just think that Holpe is going to be on the... We mentioned it last week that the Capitals are going to win the President's Trophy. I don't really see how you can go against a guy that has been a finalist and has won that trophy each of like the last three years. He, again, he didn't win it last year. But being on such a good team and having 
those wins and the numbers needed will really push him over the top. I thought about Holtby for a quick second, but I think they're going to have too many rookies in the mix on defense to really give him a formidable uh, front guys in front of him. I would say that the Capitals are going to be in a lot of shootouts this season. Not not literal shootouts. I mean shootouts as in high not you know high scoring yeah, games yeah. where um, I don't think that bodes well for a goaltender. It definitely bodes well for your forwards. Uh, I'm looking at a team that's going to be defensive, uh, which is why I'm going to go with Carey Price because, I, yeah, maybe, you know, write him off because he has always had a great back line and he's never faced many chance, you know, a, a load of chances as you've seen some other goalkeepers. But numbers-wise, he's always going to be near the top. And he's just, I, I, I think his skill just proves that he's one of the best goaltenders in the league. So that combined with his numbers, I, I think that he's going to win it this season. Fair um, enough. Good pick. Thanks. <laughs> now we'll go to the uh, the final. We'll go to the Hart Trophy, the uh, MVP. Uh, well, young guys, I think, are in the mix. And then you have perennial guys like Crosby. You have younger guys like McDavid. Does anyone take it? These are the these are my two favorites. By the way, are are I think they're Crosby, every, they're everybody's. Yeah, yeah, Crosby and McDavid, two man race possibly. Exactly. Do you see anyone swooping in to stop that? To uh, to surprise? I'm going McDavid. I think he wins back to back Hart trophies this year. I just gut feeling. I think Edmonton's going to be good. He's got the new contract. It, it's been done before with Ovechkin. So why not with Connor McDavid, who right now is already being considered the best player in the world. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I'm I'm making a safe pick with McDavid here, but I think he has cemented himself as the best player in hockey, the best player in the world, and he's just going to continue to show that. I was thinking about Crosby. I was also throwing around guys like uh, like Brent Burns and like Austin Matthews, but I just think that the talent that McDavid has just pushes him over the top. Yeah, I'm going to call it a straight sweep because it's got to be simple sometimes, right? And simply... He's the most talented player right now in the NHL. He, he, he's going to put up numbers. He's going to be on a team that's going to compete. And he's going to be on a team that's going to compete mainly because of him. And this is a team that he's basically brought out from the ground and really raised up by himself coming in. And I, we said it before, he's going to be the face of this franchise. He's going to be the face of hockey as this young face that's really, really good. That people are going to go to hockey games at their own, you know, at their home arenas to see Connor McDavid play. Well, to answer your question at the start of this heart discussion, I just thought of it when Matt said Austin Matthews, 40 goals last year on a bigger Canadian mar- in a bigger Canadian market in Toronto. If they if they win their division and he scores 40 plus goals again, he could easily win this award. So I think he would probably be my third guy behind McDavid and Crosby. Guy right that could now. just swoop in and yeah. cut the tie between uh sure. to Crosby and uh, McDavid. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Again, in terms of the young players, you always put Matthews with Line A and with um, McDavid. They, they're kind of the group of those core young guys that have come in and really made so good. a splash. So good, yeah. Yeah, we're in a we're in a golden age of hockey right now with all these young guys. Absolutely, and who know? And Nico Heischer and Nolan Patrick obviously coming in. Uh, I mean, they could be talent. They could be that talented as well. I know this draft class was kind of downsized, you know, downgraded from the uh, from the draft classes we witnessed before, but. It's still uh, an age of hockey where these young guys are getting the opportunity to start, are getting the opportunity to play on top lines against veteran players, and they're proving they could do it. So I think that that's very, very interesting. But again, McDavid's just a class is is the class that all of them are under 
at the moment. So I think he wins it. Um, that's going to be it for episode two, our official 2017-2018 season preview. The NHL season gets underway this week, so everybody out there, enjoy it. Obviously, keep Vegas in your thoughts and prayers. It's going to be an exciting exciting NHL season and we look forward to seeing you again next week it's Monday every Monday WFUV's five on three so for Matt Costantini and Matt Murphy I'm Rafael Leah have a great week guys